is, you know. Oh, I say! Welcome to Filthy Shamble, Season 3, Episode 19. And this is a bit surreal because for the first time this season, I'm having to talk about, with my guests, a Tottenham Hotspur Premier League defeat. We've gone 10 games unbeaten and then unfortunately we've come a little bit unstuck. So this is new, this is a new feeling considering what we had to put up with and endure week in, week out last season it's 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 an interesting more uh i guess a more grounded podcast this week i'm joined by two people i'm joined by ross welcome ross right and Sup. and chris as well chris is back i think this is two on the trot for you mate it is two on the trot yeah i mean well, I, had, I, had to, I had to come back after a defeat didn't i for a bit of a a wind and a moon, so don't, you know, we can't, don't, can't don't say anything silly. Don't say anything silly, otherwise I'll have to sin bin you. So just that's, just that's keep right. that in mind. Um Well look it's where do we even start? I mean I I actually th- thought about drafting a, a running order for this and I thought, well we don't really need to. Um, we don't really need to also delve into every single thing because we haven't got enough time it'd be like a four-hour podcast um if 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 we did that so we're going to try and touch upon certain things but just as a reminder for people listening not that necessarily people want to be reminded but just in case this was the first half Kulisevsky scores son has a a goal disallowed for offside that would have been two nil like the fractions Game of inches, game of millimetres. Game would have been a completely different occasion if that had gone in. Yeah, then Destiny avoids a red card. Romero avoids a red card. We had Sterling offside. Uh, we had a second Chelsea uh, go ruled out uh, ruled out for offside. Then we had Romero sent off. Then we had the penalty taken, scored, 1-1. And then uh, Jackson, I think, um, scored offside. Then Mickey van der Ven pulls up Hammy. Then Madison goes off with what looked like a knock, but he didn't. He, he didn't seem like he wanted to come off. So we're, we're still waiting to find out what that's about. And then Reese James elbowed someone in the face. I think Destiny. Um, and that was the first forty-five minutes. Chris, did you did you leave at half time, mate, or did you did you or switch switch the TV off? I'm gonna um, be br- I'm gonna be brutally honest from this from the get go that I, I I was only there for 75 minutes. However, it wasn't because just because we uh, were losing at that point. It was because if I hadn't have left, then I wouldn't have made my train home because of all the VR VR uh, extra time that was being played. Yeah, that, so I, that was bad. I did actually yeah I did actually have to leave early in order for me to get home at half three in the morning, which was wonderful. Um, well, if there was a game, if there was a game that you you kind of had to make that sacrifice, I guess I guess considering the way the game was going, um, you probably done the right thing. I mean, not to say staying would not have been great because there, we, we, and we talk about why why it was a strange four one defeat at home, and yet people were kind of singing about Tottenham on the way out into the concourse and out and out of the stadium. But we we get back to that. What did you make of that first half? Because because I don't think I've ever seen a game that fucking bonkers. I don't know what it is about Tottenham Hotspur. We're box office everywhere we go. Uh, and sometimes we don't have to go far. We just stick it out in North London and dish out whatever the fuck that was in the first 45 minutes. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I've seen some bonkers games over the years, but that, that half was probably the most insane half a footballer I think I'll, hopefully we'll ever see um, I mean the f- the first 15 minutes we were unbelievable and looked, generally looked like we could score every time we attacked um, yeah. and for then to just seem to just I mean if anything could go wrong it seemed to go wrong I, I can't even pinpoint I think there was a um, a moment where we had control of the ball just outside our own box. 
and Pedro Poros try to sort of spin and play a sort of reverse pass across to the right hand side and he and he fucks it up and the and they're in. Mm. Um I think uh, Sterling sort of nips off and he plays Jackson in and he and he cuts inside one defender and it looks like all he has to do is either just square it to Conor Gallagher for him to tap it in, but he then decides to shoot and Vicario makes an unbelievable save. Yeah. And from that moment, it just seemed to unravel like remarkably. Um, yeah. See, I made a note of that and we were saying it, I was talking to the guy sat next to me and we were saying that, that it was almost like those first 15 minutes or so absolutely brilliant and it would it would have been a, a completely different game of football if if son was on side for the 2-0 i think we would have ended up scoring four or five um because just you know spoiler i wasn't impressed with chelsea at any point in the game to be no, fair not at, not at all um, uh, very average looking side extremely remark- lucky like, and it's a shame remarkable. that we've remarkable really considering they went and beat with 4-1 but it's the most average looking team i've ever seen um yeah, they, they they had nothing about them. However, yeah, we 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 seemed to get rattled momentarily, um, and then it was like, and it was like we we kept inviting Chelsea to come forward, to come forward, and every time they came forward, you kind of like thought, oh, it's going to happen in a minute. They're gonna they're gonna score from one of these opportunities, and it was just, uh, what do you think that was? I mean, was it was it the Chelsea did actually impress in that moment? And pressing away the 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 the, the kind of broke our own um, a tempo, or, or I mean, what what can you put that down to? It's really difficult considering we've not really been bullied at any point this season. We've not been rattled in any major way this season, and yet for some reason in this game, when there was a lot of hype around this game for very obvious reasons, the return of Maurizio Pochettino and just the rivalry we have with Chelsea and their own narrative that they've not been playing well this season and the fact we were still unbeaten. Like, do you think, do you think there was just a, this this just moment of collective self-doubt that, that, that Chelsea took advantage of? It's hard to pinpoint because... I think there was certainly within the first fifteen minutes, Chelsea went round and, and did a lot of the what I've noticed a lot this season tactical fouling. I mean, Madison must have got done two or three times very early in the in the game. Yeah. It seems to be a theme that this ran across the season. Um, but then then there was sort of and again like other than that attack. Do you remember when I think uh, Romero won a header? Um, sort of almost on the edge of our box, and then he just sort of marauded forward, taking on about four players. Um, he then seemed to lose it. I think he he went in on Colwell, and then and then and then I think that's sort of the partly where it led to the the incident off the ball, which I haven't. I, I'll give it the old Larson Wenger. I've not seen it because I've never watched it back. Um, which then led to one of the disallowed goals, I think, which I think was the. Moises Caicedo one. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. It it, 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 I mean, could you say they lost their heads? I, 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 Romero certainly did, but I'm not convinced you can pin that on any of the other players. Um, mm. Like, you know, Van de Ven, Poro, none of them. Um, and it's certainly not the... And you would think if anyone probably was going to lose a head in midfield, it would be Suma. I can't, you can't really pin anything on him for that. So it is a strange one to to sort of try and put an actual answer on to, yeah. to why it suddenly went that way. Again, I've only seen Destiny's tackle or whatever you would call that live. I haven't seen it back again. People say that he was lucky not to be sent off for that. Um, but yeah, I've, I really, I really can't can't really pinpoint something on it on, on why it suddenly just all untangled like uh, I, I really don't know it's 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 a learning curve right and 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 Postacoglu will will find out a lot from the performance the mistake the errors the you know i mean it, there's little things as well things i haven't really thought about in, in much detail i mean i didn't i didn't think basuma the player that i was so desperate for him to play in this game and, and avoid like a, a second yellow, uh, another yellow card in his in his prior uh, game. I think it was the um, the 
Palace game, right? If he had been booked there, he would have missed this one. Yeah, um, yeah. and you know, he, he I, I don't think he was he was that influential. I don't think there was there, there's some weird performances is in there, and there's a lot of things for Ange to unpack and kind of work out why it went wrong. In just in terms in that opening forty five minutes, VAR and officiating aside, and the inconsistencies with the technology and the people. And some of the fouls that were not being given and yellow cards that weren't being dished out. There's conversations that we can have for hours about that. And it's almost, at, I'm at the point now where um, I'm kind of following Angie's lead. Like, what the fuck can we do about it? We just have to take it on the chin. There's no point. We can't change anything that happened in that game. You know, it, it is what it is. Um, sorry, were you going to say something uh, before I just go over to, to Ross? No, I was just going to say, I mean... <laughs> It's even hard to sort of pinpoint and and, and be critical of the midfield because every mm. all of our work was 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 coming down the flanks was was your destiny uh, and Brennan John obviously up until the sending off and and Kulisevsky and and Poro there wasn't really much or, or unless I I need to rewatch it there wasn't really much football in quotes played through Good the point. midfield which yeah. is why why I think that Madison was quite quiet because. He didn't. I'm not saying he didn't need to be in the game, but everything was like everything was going through the through the, the wide players because it looked as though all he had to do was sort of play one quick pass along the line and and we win. Yeah, um, yeah. And obviously, it ch- everything changes when when the when the sending off happens, and then we have to take Brennan Johnson off, which then sort of just disjoints the team. Um, and then obviously more injuries, and then Madison then had to go off. So. I don't think there was a, a time enough time in the game for our midfield to try and be able to then dictate because obviously Basuma and Saar versus Caicedo and Fernandez would be quite a battle, eleven yeah. v eleven. But it, I it, I never really thought that the game or the decisions allowed that to happen. Yeah, I mean it, it was just a, a chaotic mess. Um, unfortunately, I mean Ross. Um, by the way, I thought Johnson. Uh, look really, really bright, and it's a shame that, that things played out the way they, they, they did. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, totally agree. Now, Ross, you you weren't at the game, right, mate? So you had the advantage and also disadvantage of having to listen to Gary Neville, but you had the advantage of, of <laughs> seeing all the the replays. So just ignoring the punditry that, that Sky Sports were dishing out, because I'm not interested in that. Um, yeah. How did you see? Like, I know you're a Spurs fan. We're all Spurs fans. You can't really be unbiased, but um, try your best. Because obviously, I'm at the game. I've struggled to rewatch a lot of the highlights. I, I just I didn't want to. I didn't want to put myself through it. Um, I've been quite detached from football since the game. Um, how do you see the red the red cards? Do you think they were fair? Do you think they could have gone earlier in the game, or, or... when you look at um, your Dogie's challenge on Sterling, yeah, he he missed him. Sterling obviously jumped in the air. Um, I think if he'd have caught him, it would have been an easy red. It's like an orange card. It's not quite yellow, right. really, because it looks so dangerous the way his feet are. You know, studs showing and all that. Yeah, Romero actually, I think Chris alluded to it that he missed it just before the Casado chance, he actually did... You know, do you remember Beckham in the 98 World Cup with old Simeone? Yeah. It was quite yeah. similar to that. It's like a petulant flick of the kit of um, his foot while he's laying down. And that, and, and VAR apparently said it's more petulant than it is aggressive. That's why it's all right. reckless, whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, the second, the, the yellow straight red, yeah. Uh, if we, If Curtis Jones, I think it was, yeah, who got sent off against us at Liverpool for Liverpool. Um, yeah. If he goes, Romero has to go because even though he gets the ball and it changes it direction, he's halfway up the shin of, I think, Enzo Fernandez. Um, he has to go. Yeah. And I thought, I said, and I said this on another podcast where I thought all that had gone out of him, but for some reason, he's obviously got really rolled up playing Chelsea don't know why, because he was fine against Arsenal, absolutely mm. fine against Liverpool and Man United. For some reason, Chelsea's obviously got to him. Something or something might have been said. We don't know what goes on in the pitch. Um, and he's lunged at a ball that he didn't need to. Um, but apart Listen, from just that, quickly, I, just yep. quickly, because because it, it, it's. 
I'm not. I, I, I've seen I've seen a couple of people talk about this, and I've heard a couple of people talking about it like after the game, and it's oh, and they start questioning Romero again. It's like this is the thing that I really fucking dislike. I really dislike <sighs> the finality yeah. that comes off the back. Like when we're doing well, and we're playing well, and and you can still be critical of certain performances, and we're, we're, we're accumulating points. It's all good. You focus on the good. The moment you, you're given something the opposite of good, and that's a defeat in the manner that we we lost on, on Monday, um, the reaction to certain things, I think, becomes a little bit twisted. Like questioning whether Romero is actually the player we thought he was is just a, a pointless discussion. If, if anyone is having those discussions outside of the ones that I was involved in, like you, you need to pull yourself back from it. It's, it doesn't need to be a discussion. Yeah, he it has would be a that weird in one. him. He has that in him. He's yeah, that type of I mean, player. Now and again, now and again, he's go, he's going to go through someone. It's, it's just Sergio Ramos is. is yeah, Sergio Ramos is the same. I'm trying to think of similar players. I mean, I suppose Roy Keane. Anyone in the eight. Like, yeah, yeah. When, when men were men, um, Roy, um, Wayne Rooney was a bit like was a bit like that. Um, if you take that side out of him, they just they lose a, a big edge. And look, you people, the same people that were having to question him, I bet uh, last week were saying, "God, he's the best defender in the world." Well, hear what Messi said, and you can't go from one extreme to another. The guy's a great defender, and he will be a great defender for us for a few years. But right now. Whether something's been said on the pitch, I don't know. This is me yeah. throwing it out in the um, sphere, well, he, in the hemisphere. He, he did, look, I'm not. I'm not saying let him crack on with cracking people, right? No, 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 if, no, it, no. It, Obviously, he's accountable here. It, it kind of cost us the, the. It cost us our entire lineup. I mean, an incredible stat from the game is that we ended it with four players who started the game. That was mental. Yeah, unreal. <laughs> I, I think that's another bizarre Wara Premier League record, you know, just the, the, um, that we, we ended with the four, with four starting players, uh, Basuma, Poro, Son and uh, Big Vic in, in, in go. Um, so to, just to stick with you, um, it's like 1-1, one, one, player down, obviously more to follow in the, in, in the second half, but what... How did you see? How were you feeling in, in in that moment in time? Like because it was a strange atmosphere. There was this kind of it, it was almost disbelief that we weren't smashing them, and suddenly the worst possible case scenario that you could you could put forward for this game was about to play out. Like before the game, Callum said to me, "We're going to win four one," and yeah. it was it, it, you know it's like. At that point, I didn't imagine that was going to happen. There were moments in the second half when it was still 1-1 where I actually believed we were going to steal the game. We were going to win 2-1. And it was, it was going to be an, <laughs> un- an unbelievable moment. It, just, it felt Same. like it up until they scored. And then I knew it was done and it was it was bravo. But we we get to all the standing ovation stuff uh, l- later on. But at halftime, did you think, okay, it's manageable? Or, or did you think this is... This is Poch's dream, yeah. It's it's going to be it's going to be handed to him, uh, handed to him on a plate. I at half had um oh what's his name had Van der Ven gone off by half time. I can't. This it, the the game is such a mental blur. I can't remember. Had he gone off by half time? Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, he, we lost him as well. I mean, yeah. uh, let's talk about that actually. The groan when he pulled up his hammy was just oh. like. It was My stomach went so, from the arse. It just—it was so like oh, not him. Romero maybe can get away with, but not Mickey. His pace and the fact that he's a—the obvious thing is he's a left-footed, left-sided defender. Balances that team out beautifully, and it helps with Angie's tactics of playing such a high line. But I don't know how Chris felt, but when he pulled up, it was. Oh, well, go, Chris. Let- Considering we've lost Romero and uh, suspension, and you know, then you see what happens with um, with Mickey, and considering how good they've been, and 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 considering the discourse around we need another centre back, what would happen if we if we lost one of them, and we've gone and lost both of them? One, unfortunately, even though he was spotted at Hotspur Way today, today being Wednesday, he's probably there just to get his uh, 
just to get a scan and to get assessed and the rest of it um, is pretty devastating that we have managed to accumulate the worst set of injuries and suspensions in a single 45-minute period, uh, considering we thought we would get stretched maybe across the months into into the new year, but it's happening one 45-minute period. I mean, Chris, I know like we, we joke about uh your um i guess your your perspective on on football and especially Tottenham considering what they've made you suffer through over over the last few seasons traveling you know up and down the country watching them what what happened in that moment mate did your heart absolutely sink did you think fucking hell here we go you you sort of stood there aren't you and you've gone from going 2-0 up and then what felt like 10 minutes of football later we were actually ones each, had a man sent off and lost our two best players to injury. And you, st- you stood there thinking, what on earth has just gone on in front of my eyes? Um, He's Madison. You're talking about Madison as well. So you can Ma- say it's Madison, like a- yeah, they, they both went off. At, Madison yeah. and Van der Ven went off at exactly the same time. Yeah. And and you're sort of the, the, the ten lads that I stand with, and it, the, you could tell it was a big game because everyone was there. There was no, no one was missing. And we were all just looking at each other. You, you end up just laughing. Because there's nothing, yeah. nothing else you can do. It's just like oh, this can only happen at Spurs. Um, no other football club in the world could be where you go two nil up and then you're not. You're ones each. You've lost three players. One to a one to a red card and two to one to a seriously looking injury and the other one could be as well. And it's just you, you just stand there just shaking your head like I just can't believe that this is happening. But I can I can't believe this is happening because it's, it's happening right now. I mean, obviously, the chat at half-time was just that they will score eventually. It's just a case of trying to get through it and just hoping for the best. But sort of the, the highlight was then having to watch, was just watching Coit's interview with Gareth Bale. That was that was the highlight of me night. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I... I uh, yeah, Can I it's... ask you both a question? Yeah, go on. Just because you two were there. When it went, to the, when the VAR is happening, was what Ange said correct? Is there's just so much waiting around and it hurts? Because when you're watching on TV, I mean, I can go put kettle on or I can go toilet yes. and all that, and doesn't to answer your question. How mate. bad is it? How bad is it in the stadium? Because I haven't been well, for do, a while, you, but you, you don't even you don't even know what is actually going on. I mean, even yeah. the one, even the one. Well, it's not, it wasn't even right on half time because it was ten or eleven minutes into the injury time. It came up again, checking uh, possible red card, serious foul play, but at no point does it mention to which team that's against or which player, or you just got to try and guess. So you know, that's you've ridiculous. Got, you just got stoppages for the, 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 the offside for Sun, the two offside goals, the handball, um, the penalty, Reese James, uh, the Colwell, Romero. You just apparently, I, I don't know. I, Apparently, so what was it? It'll have been 57 minutes the first half lasted, but only 23 minutes of that was actual football. It doesn't yeah, work. I heard that. It the doesn't work. It, all, it, it doesn't stoppage. work. It just, the way VAR, again, I don't want to get in a conversation about this. So I'm just going to be, I'm just going to, I'm going to say my own statement, right? Um, I don't have a Lego head, if anyone's wondering. But my, my statement is that it doesn't... It fundamentally ruins the experience of football, not just for us up in the stands watching the game, but for the players and, and for the managers. It's, it takes too long. The ambiguity around what what's going on uh, is messy. The, the Just the lack of... This, this kind of like... We've just spent five minutes looking at every single angle, but we're going to ask you to run, run, run to the TV screen so you can have a look. It's this, it's, it's this, again, I've said it before, there's this English-British cultural thing that we do where we, we, we are incredibly indecisive and almost scared and fearful um, as if like no one wants to offend or upset anybody in this moment. So you've got the referees and the people up in that room and, and what, just kind of like treading on eggshells around each other and not quite coming out and saying, look, you made a mistake. This is the right decision. Overturn it, mate. And, and because of that, we're in this position where it is this kind of very boring 
the- theatrical um uh i mean it's not, it's barely theater really it's not it's, it's not even street theater do you know i'd rather watch two drunks oh. fight you know, <laughs> you know on the high street at like two two o'clock in the morning um than endure what we're watching it it breaks the game it breaks the game and and yes some of the decisions are right and correct but come on let, it's got to be quicker it's got to be it's got to be sharper than this um you know, VAR dominated this game, but obviously, you know, the, the, it's the football that should have been the dominant force rather than the stoppages. And you, you're then in this weird position where you are getting injury time. And I know we've benefited from that this season. Um, and, and that's dr- definitely dramatic. And, and we have to make up those minutes, right? That's not, it's just a consequence of what came before. That's different, though, isn't it? The minutes. Got to be smarter. Getting- the, the minutes that were being added on, I mean, you're obviously talking about the Sheffield United game. That yeah. was purely down to them time wasting. There was barely a hundred percent. Yeah, there was yeah. barely an incident happened in that game. That's that fair. Was, that, uh, where is, you, where do you know what? Game? You got me. I, I, I was wrong about that. There was no VAR controversy in in that game. So, whereas this game is purely, I mean, let's be honest. You could argue that <laughs> Michael Oliver got all these pretty much all these decisions wrong. If you if you want to look at it, yeah. Fact that they were having to go to VAR that many times, it kind of be it kind of be a good look for a referee if he's con- if his work's constantly being looked at and re and re refereed essentially. Um, uh, yeah, I the sad thing is that it's not going it's not going away. It, it, it was we're stuck. I was just going to say that yeah. Um, well, look, it's just not it's not going to change, but, but is for, it? it? But for the match match going fan now, it, it it's it's really I mean. Even the um, go back to the Fulham game, the second goal, I didn't even celebrate because I was convinced he was going to be flagged offside, so I didn't bother celebrating. That, that's what it's come to that you, you don't, you're not even celebrating goals anymore. You're, you're like constantly looking, and they are looking for anything possible to disallow yeah. a goal, and and that that can't be right. I mean, I'd, I'd quite I'd quite happily have. I mean, the goal line technology is brilliant. Bring the semi-automated offsides in, and that, and that eliminates everything. And then just let we just let we crack on again, but clearly that'll that'll not happen because there's too much money in it now. And yeah, cash, I, I as, think as you said many times before, cash is king. A hundred percent. I mean, I don't I don't know much about the the the, the die goal. Uh, apparently, kind of came off someone else's head, and there's there's other little things that happened towards the end of the half, and we we get to that in a moment because I think it, it's relative to how the game's narrative was 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 playing out towards those those uh, final minutes or or I know you would have missed it um uh Chris because you're on your way home um the the thing that I wanted to touch on um quickly has escaped me now which is incredibly annoying um so half time obviously second half uh destiny uh is sent off um, we're in this position where we're now down to nine men, and Spurs and Ange Postacoglu persist with the highest of high lines anyone has <laughs> ever seen. Like almost like the most extraordinary tactical decision, and people saying it's madness, it's stupid, it's like like my uncle was was sending me messages. Like I could, I could imagine he's seed in the East Stand. It's so naive. It's so, it's so naive. It's so naive. And I was like, uh, yeah, it kind of is. But the alternative is what that we sit deep and and probably maybe we don't get beaten and he finishes one one. Possibly. I don't. I don't. I don't see it myself. I think we we lost the game the moment we went down to nine men. Uh, I know Liverpool supporters or Liverpool kind of proved, well, you can play with nine nine men and you can be organised and you can counter and you could try and nick a goal. Well, the thing is... Yeah. The thing but... is... Hold on, Ross. Because I'm we're going to agree. We might agree. The thing is, and then you can interject, um, what we were doing literally gave us maybe three potential 2-1 opportunities which would have been unbelievable. It would have broken football if, if we had got away with it. And we nearly did. I think, unfortunately, the the, the players were, were exhausted 
Uh, and we were obviously unlucky again. I think the thing, the things come back to me now, what I was going to say about offsides. I know I'm jumping between threads here, but the offside rule, something around just play to the spirit of the game. If if the forward is like a millimetre, like a just like a, a, a few pixels ahead of the, the last uh, defender, give the goal. Do you know what I'm saying? Let's let's not come down to drawing lines. And I know people are going to say, well, he's offside, isn't he? Well, let, let's have a rule where if it's like your foot or your, you know, you have to be blatantly offside for it to be offside. That kind of thing then keeps the momentum of a game in, in less controversy because I think at the minute with drawing lines and getting all Blade Runner with it, it, it's just a bit of a mess. But to come back to the other thread, the high line was extraordinary and we nearly, Eric Dyer disallowed uh son just didn't have the energy didn't have just didn't have the power to to, to kind of bury that 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 effort i think it was another opportunity as well but um benton core oh i mean it's just just again it's it's margins it's inches it's just it's so unlucky and it, it would have paid off and and i'm going to come back to what my theory is around about this but I want to hear yours, uh, Ross. Just I know you've got something to say, so go, tell me yours, and then and then Chris uh, share your opinion about this high line. Oh, what about the high line? Yeah, yeah. I thought it's beautiful. I thought it was. You know that picture somebody took. I, I can't remember who had the ball. One of the Chelsea guys, and we are literally banked on that halfway line and it looks like Chelsea have no clue what to do. There was the one moment it broke us when Cooker and I went, oh, I know, I'll run from deep and it worked. Yeah. But it just looked like Chelsea was like, what? what is this? I don't know what to do and I, I'm going to stand by that. And I, I don't care what anyone says. They looked clueless. One thing I was going to say about, you know what you said about the Liverpool game? So I to do what you did the difference between what happened with Liverpool they lost two attacking players we lost two defenders that's where the difference is they still had Van Dijk Canate who scored the own goal I know that yeah, and the they still had and they had both their f- starting fullbacks I think Robert Robertson played I can't remember there's a huge chasm of difference if you if we'd lost say Decky got sent off and uh, Madison we've still got our back four intact that's a massive difference. But to go for that high line, I thought it was the, one of the most beautiful things I've ever said. And one of the most... I was laughing at that point because I thought, this is just shithousing to the extreme and they have no clue until the, we ran out of gas. Ross? Nope. No, Chris. Chris. <laughs> I, I'm, mate, I'm, 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 I'm heavy, heavily into into rum right now. I'm, 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 I'm finally admitting to needing therapy, and it's, it's coming. It's come by way of a, a, a triple shot of uh, rum and a bit and of coke why, and, and why, some ice. And why not, uh, uh, Chris? I, sorry, mate. Go on. I'm quite similar to Ross, really. Um, I had no issue with the with the high line. Um, I thought. Wow. I have to say, Love it. and 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 I want to to lavish some praise on two two people who will probably hardly ever get praise, and that is Eric Dyer and and uh, Hoiberg. I thought they were absolutely superb, um, and certainly wasn't expecting it, but I think they came on, knew exactly what the situation was, and put in one hell of an effort. Um, Along with Pedro Porro, who was I think literally on what appeared to be on one leg, because he got a bad a bad knock in the first half as well, and I didn't think he was going to last. Um, but yeah, they, they put some shift in, um, and I think everyone around me was certainly certainly impressed with the with the um, performance. And obviously, uh, you've got to include Vicario in, who was quite literally almost well, it was ridiculous how good he was on the night. Um, yeah, Big Vic was unreal. Not just his shot stopping, but the way he was running out and sweeping up. And there was a couple of moments when my heart was in my mouth. But he was ext- another player who was extraordinary. He just, he just nailed everything, everything. Every decision that needed to be made, he just executed it absolutely perfectly. Um, knew exactly when to come off his lane. Um, his saves were brilliant. Uh, he, the longer he stays with us... Um, I, and again, it's only eleven games, but there's no reason why he can't he can't become the best best goalkeeper in the league. He, he is, which is remarkable considering 
after the first 45 minutes, I thought Fraser Forster was going to be in goal. Um, he has been an unbelievable signing. Um, and yeah, hat off to him because he was he was brilliant and, and fair play for him to come out after the game. He did the interview as well. Yeah. Um, no, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I can't praise him highly enough. He was, he was well, that good. Well, look, the, the, I'm gonna just say, I'm gonna say something here. Just uh, we'll stick with you, Chris, and then we we'll go back to Ross and see see whether you agree with this. I I could be barking up the wrong tree, to be fair. But when um when Postacoglu was interviewed afterwards and he said, "It's who we are, mate." You know, just in terms of the high line, in terms of always going for it, no matter what, winning one nil, winning three nil, losing two one, three one, whatever. We're always going to go for it. We're never going to look to save a point, you know, protect a point or, or, or dig deep and defend low block and all the other things that you can do when teams get a little bit de- desperate defensively on occasions like this. And, you know, he's saying that's who we are. That's our identity, like to always keep going and to try and score and to try to win. Do you think that, do you think it's more about bedding in that mentality, no matter the scenario, no matter whether it's one nil to us, three nil to us, or whether we're losing, or whether we're playing with nine men in the high line, that this this kind of mentality, this 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 attitude, this tenacity that they need to have all of the time, it's not something that that can be switched on in in ten league games, for example, even though we've had 10 good results, that it's something that's going to bed in over time. It's going to become an instinct. It's going to become a very natural trait for these players. Like like every second of the game, they're going to have this attitude where they, they're on it, completely on it uh, in terms of pushing forward um, and, and, and attacking, having attack in mind. So do you think when he's saying it's who we are, regardless, was, he, it, was it like this simply an exercise in in him projecting his philosophy to the players, that even in this scenario, this ridiculous scenario we're in, you're going to keep going forward. So we're going to play the high line. Do you think there's something in that? Is that is or, or do you think, alternatively, that it's a, that it is maybe not naive, but just maybe a little bit reckless to not have a plan B, which is something someone sent sent to me, and I was like, "Mate, we haven't even developed our plan A yet. Like, like we're trying to develop a plan A, and the plan A probably doesn't need a plan B because it's going to be so fucking good." So, I don't know if you can unpack any of that um, because I'm still struggling to be. <laughs> to be fair. I mean, I mean, he said from day one that he's got a philosophy and he's going to stick by it no matter what, and that's exactly what he did on the, on the night. He says that every every decision goes is on him, isn't on the players. And and I don't know if you've listened to the the athletic podcast I listened to this morning. Um, sort of Danny Kelly was sort of talking about how na- he thought it was naive and he didn't agree with it. Didn't didn't understand why the fans applauded the players off. Um, and, and Charlie Eccleshare sort of sort of fired back, sort of like, well, the only other real option that we could have done on the night is to have played a low block and and almost had like a slow death waiting for them to just pick, because they would always have a spare man to be able to pass the ball to. At some point, as bad as they were shooting, they were going to end up scoring another goal. You know, that... And again, like as they mentioned on their podcast, there's only been two incident, incidents where nine men have won the game in the in Premier League history, um, and and the last one of them was over 20 years ago. So the the percentage of the fact that we would have lost must have been over 90. percent Yeah. So I've got I've got absolutely no issue. That's his, and and let's be honest and hope that this will be the one and only time where we're going to be down to nine men and that we never yeah. have to go through it again. Yeah. You know, I've heard people say, well, if it was against City or Liverpool, they would have scored, but it wasn't against City or Liverpool. And hopefully we'll never have to go through that against City or Liverpool. Yeah, fair. So, you know, I've got absolutely no issue with it whatsoever. That, you know, what what would he have said to the players if, if he'd suddenly said, well, oh, well, we better just scrap everything that we've been practising since August or July, whenever he come in. And we're gonna just you're just gonna sit on the edge of the box and wait for something to happen. You're gonna get the ball and then you're gonna try and punt it up to Son who was absolutely knackered, who would then inevitably lose it 
and then they would it would just start again. So you know, like Ross mentioned, for about twenty minutes, Chelsea didn't really have a a clue what to do. They didn't, you know, it, it was quite simple what you had to do, but they just couldn't do it. Um, <laughs> so I've got absolutely, you know, God forbid, I'm at Wolves on Saturday. God forbid that something happens again. I've got no issue, and I think the, I don't think any fans have got any issue with the way. I, I love hearing that. If I love media, hearing that, Chris. If the, me- if the media think that it's naive, then that's on them, and <laughs> you're gonna have to you're gonna have to put up with it. Basically. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's beautiful coming from you, considering that you you know you along with many others obviously had doubts about Postecoglou, and and now we're kind of bought into this philosophy because it is very empowering. Um, it's so. So, I mean, there's there's a lot to take. I mean, we can go on and on about Tottenham's kind of uncompromising style, this kind of like two fingers up at the expected. We're going to be who we are. I've I've seen a lot of people come out after the game saying that Spurs lost, got zero points, and yet walked away with a lot of credit. And and, and it doesn't feel... It's weird. It, it's don't, don't forget... Don't, sorry to jump in. Don't forget no, these no, are the same, pe- the same people that said we were naive to think that we could go to Arsenal and go two-to-two with them. Which was exactly what we did and got a result, and yeah. they had to backtrack a little bit. So, uh, yeah, why, why, why is he going to? You know, this is what he did in Australia. This is what he did in Japan, and this is what he's doing, and what he did in Scotland. Yeah, he's not, gonna, he's not going to change just because I don't know Gary Neville or, or I don't know some tit like Joey Barton on Twitter thinks it's thinks it's a bad idea. He's not going to give a monkey's what he thinks. Yeah, and, I, I, Jay Barton is not in a position to to to, to talk about yeah. football. So, stop. But yeah, I, I mean, I'd rather that it never happened again. Don't get us wrong, but, <laughs> but, but I've got no issue with him whatsoever. Continue, you know, it, ultimately, he's, he's our manager, and I want him to. I want us and him to be very successful. So, you know, I'll, I'll back him with whatever he decides to do. So, it's a good segue into what was going on. I mean, I, I'll come back to you in a moment, uh, Chris, because I want to ask Ross how this came across on 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 television because inside the stadium. I, I, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna monologue. I could. I could talk about this for for an hour. I genuinely. This. There's so. There's so much resonance with with what happened in that stadium. We've we've had. We've had a lot of games and moments this season in North London, in the stadium that have baptised the stadium. That that that. It's going to take a long time for it to feel like White Hart Lane for very obvious reasons. You talk about generations of football fans that went went to the old stadium, but it it is truly home now. The 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 ground and going to games, and it's because of what's happening on the pitch and because of this collective belief that we all have in what we're watching, and we know it's going to be a journey. It's going to take some time, but we are bought into it, and it it genuinely almost chokes me up. The 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 reaction in the in the south stand and then obviously across the other stands to literally everything this togetherness that we have this bond that we have you know the standing ovations at the end of the game but it was during the game even when we went two one down and then three one down it was just this uh, the, the this kind of everyone kind of stood up and started applauding the team it was it was it it's you know, people might think, ah, oh, this is well small time. What are you celebrating here? It's not about that. It's not even about losing or playing Chelsea on the night. It's more about that in this particular horrific scenario that played out, unfortunately for us, that everything that we went through last season and, and the seasons before and the, 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 the lockdown and not being able to go to football games and... And the last eighteen months of Pochettino and 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 everything just kind of falling apart, and the club, the chairman, the board, and all the bad decisions they've made one upon the other, and and so, and now suddenly none of that matters in the moment when we're all together under the lights in the stadium, and it was just it was a it was a thing of beauty. It was it really made me. Um, it really kind of made me think this is this is what it's about this is the 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 fundamental building blocks is is this togetherness on the pitch but then for everybody to have bought into it we all believe what postacoglu's doing we all believe what the players are doing for for the manager and how they're connected to us and it was just 
it was incredible because normally if you're getting snuffed by Chelsea at home, which has happened a lot over the years, um, you know, you're kind of walking out and thinking, fucking team, fucking Tottenham, fucking done it again. But it, there was none of that. It was, we love you. Some of you were heroes tonight, considering everything that played out. It's a freakish game of football, a freakish end result, freakish injuries, the rest of it. But like we we appreciate what you what, what you try to do and what you're doing, and we go again. I mean, did that? Did did they speak about that on TV? Ross, was it was there anything that did you did you feel? Uh, did you feel that energy coming from the home fans, or were, or were the mics I, and the sound wired for yeah. the away supporters? No, I did. I heard it all. I heard all the chanting. You could hear it. I mean, Gary Neville is Gary Neville, and um, he's never going to be, you know. Yeah, don't dwell on him too much. Yeah, no, no, I'm not going to. No, I can't. Just want to stop. And um, but it, yeah, it really felt very emotional. Yes, um, on Monday night, it was so. It was such a weird feeling of euphoria in defeat, though. It, it, it and it will never feel like a proper defeat. Yeah, the scoreline is rubbish, but um, coming through on the TV, even I was getting a bit kind of this is so lovely. But it's felt like it's been building up to this massive moment, or since he since Ange took over, where <clears throat> over the last four years we've been dragged through it, um, and then to have this outpouring of brilliant attacking football and fast-flowing, moving football. It's not going to work all the time, as it proved. But it felt like this was, even though the bubble burst, as some of them have said, because we've lost, um, it felt like this was like the money shot of it all, not to sound crass, um, yeah. where it just the explosion happened and that everyone got on board and everyone went, that's what it is. No matter what the game... We're not going to give up. It's like a Australian kind of uh, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Mental. Um, I can't think of the word. Um, mentality. That's it. That's it. Um, Shane Warne had it, the cricketer, where even if there was one ball left in the Test match, you think, "Oh, I can win this. I can win this." You know, it's that similar. Mm. The All Blacks. You know, no, we're going to keep going till the um, 80th minute as it is in rugby. They just keep going, and we've needed this. Take that fear of failure away, and this is what happens. It's beautiful, but obviously I don't want to lose. But if it's in that manner, as a one-off, or if we, because we're going to lose a couple of games this season, and that's fine. We can accept that. It's just seeing nine players give a crap and run their absolute nuts off. And as Chris rightly said, Dyer and Hoiberg, uh, you know, they really bought into. Ange, and that's great to see. And hopefully, players like Lacelso, um, Cessignon, when he comes back, they buy into it too, just to give them a chance. I'm not saying they're going to be brilliant, but you know, give them give, give themselves a chance, is what I'll say. But yeah, it did come through the TV, lovely. I, Chris, I know you've you've kind of touched upon it already, just in terms of the, of the the people that you were at the game with. But I mean, how 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 is it has it resonated with you, considering that you. I mean, you were put through the mire last season, having to leave games very early on at times when Spurs were collapsing towards the end of last end of last season, when it was just absolutely, uh, it was just a hell mouth. It was pathetic, just how poor we were. No one was bothered. No one had, I mean, identity. It wasn't a thing that any of us could could uh, anchor ourselves to. There was just no hope of it. it. The way the club was being run, the manager, the way he was talking about us, and then the interim managers who didn't really have a, a clue. And now, now we've got this. We've got the the polar opposite. We've got we've got something that is already for me, and this might be controversial, and it probably is a uh, hyperbolic. To be fair, uh, it feels more powerful than what we had under Pochettino even though it does sound silly that now that I've said that out loud but maybe I'm just maybe I have really strong faith in in where this is all going to go for us how how did you feel I know you left 75th minute but um what were the what were the vibes you were taking from it did you think I kind of got my Tottenham back I've, I've this is the like the fan base are 
are, uh, the fan base are united, you know, excuse the pun. Um, Just touching on the what you say about hmm. the sort of togetherness is already more there is is already there with with Postacoglu than it was under Poch. I think it certainly happened a lot quicker under Postacoglu. Whereas if you remember under Pochettino, there was there was a bit of a sort of hangover from the sort of latter years of of uh, Redknapp stroke AVB, where where Poch tried to get rid of the likes of, of Adebayor. Cabal, yeah. Um, there was a there was a very strong, um, sort of uh, of of players there where we needed them to get them out of the club ASAP, um, to for the club to move forward. Whereas I think I mean you could almost argue this is almost like a brand new team, um, yeah. When I, when you look at the look at the you certainly the start eleven from from Monday, where I think Sun was the only one left from the sort of. Pochettino era, yeah. Um, everybody else has either come in, sort of, through the the. Um, I mean, I, unless I can't think, there wasn't anybody out the Mourinho era that started the game. I don't think, unless I'm missing. Well, somebody. again, yeah, just like you said, None. Son is the the legacy player, isn't he? Really, yeah. Uh, and and the rest have either come in sort of under, yeah. under Conte or under Postecoglou. So. I can yeah. I can I can understand where you're coming from from that point of view, but there was certainly it was it was more frustration at the fact that um, how it just sort of collapsed really from such a good start of the game, and and I think we were more concerned over the injuries, yeah, more than even the result, to be honest, um, you know, because I mean I've just read there that Pedro Porro didn't train today either. So I mean, I mean, we're potentially looking at having to have a brand new back four on Saturday. I mean, yeah, has, that, has there ever been a situation where a whole back four had to be replaced from one game to the next? Because I can't ever remember that ever. No, well, um, this this is Tottenham. Look, what we're going to do is because there's still a fair bit to talk about. We 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 need to look at these injuries and. We need to look ahead to Wolves and, 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 and one or two other little discussion points uh, off the back of the, 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 the Monday game. We're going to continue on a Patreon. So if you want to hear the full version, if you want to hear the full podcast, then go to uh, patreon.com forward slash spooking purgatory. And uh, myself, Ross and Chris will continue talking. So thanks for downloading and uh, maybe see you on Patreon. Catch you later. <laughs>